Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever dreamed of one day becoming a speaker and sharing your knowledge and life experiences with others, but just didn't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On Love That Speaker, you will hear from speakers in various stages of their journey to the front of the room. They will share some of their ups and downs, as well as tips and tricks to creating a talk and getting booked. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host today, Dr. Vicki High and Linda Ballesteros. Hello. Welcome. I'm Dr. Vicki High, and I'm here with my co-host, Linda Ballesteros. We are so excited. We've come to the third of three in this particular series of Love That Speaker. You know, as a speaker, um, attention can be a great currency in business, but we need to know how to maintain and value that the value of that speaking. So Linda is going to start us off today as she brings us information about making some strong first impressions and conducting effective business meetings. Linda, we are so excited to have this particular topic. What can you tell us about this? Hey, Vicki, thanks so much. And, you know, the, the topics that we've been talking about over the last three sessions, including this one here, it, they're, they're basic, inf- it's basic information, and many of you may say, oh, I already know that. However, these are really important, um, critical tips and techniques that, that Vicki and I as speakers have found ways to overcome some of that. Uh, just like the first one is that I'm talking about today, we're talking about first impressions. Um, and a first impression, we, we all know that you have so many seconds to create that first impression, but when you're on the stage, that impression actually starts before you walk out on the stage. What do I mean by that? Well, it means that I'm going to start marketing that and promoting that event. If I'm speaking somewhere, I'm going to start letting people know that I'm there. I'm going to start letting the, the, the event planner know that, hey, I'm a really good speaker because I'm promoting your event. So the first impression that I give to the event planners is that they're going to want me on the next, uh, include me the next round because I help them to promote it. And all of that is really important and it wins points on top of that. It invites your, your, commu- your community. And that's really important because I have, um, applied for speaker opportunities and you guys may have as well and they want to know what my social media presence is that's the deciding factor remember folks when it used to be that you used to have to have a book before you could speak well a lot of us already have the book and you know we've got that checked off but you got to get make sure that your social media presence is up there as well Another thing that I do is I'm going to write my own introduction. If you have someone introducing you, you cannot depend on them giving you a good introduction because they don't know you. They don't know what to say. And folks, with my last name, Ballesteros, they don't even know how to say my last name. So I will phonetically write it out for them help them out and write it on a big index card you know um vicky you know it's real easy to say dr vicky hi i can't tell you how many times i've had people say uh this is linda and i don't want to mess up your last name so i'll let you say it you know linda that is really important because your name needs to be memorable and pronounced well so I'm glad you do that. Absolutely. You know, and, and another thing that, you, that we do is 
think about what you're going to wear. I know that's important, but the more important piece of that is to think about what your audience is going to wear. You don't want to dress above them or below them. You want to dress where when you walk out on the stage, they can relate to you. Because if you come out dressed um, in, in an after-five dress and everybody else is super casual, they're not going to be able to relate to you. So you want to dress so that you relate to them. Does that make sense, Vicki? Yes. And, you know, that is harder than ever these days with people who dress business casual versus mm-hmm. a formal attire versus, oh, do we need to wear a suit or a jacket? What do you have to share with that kind of insight, Linda? You know, I think I don't think you can ever go wrong with just for women, um, either a, a nice dress. I prefer to wear slacks because I can tuck business cards in pockets, and that's important when you're out walking around, um, just to wear a pair of slacks, a nice top. And I'm, I'm from old school, and I usually wear a blazer. Um, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be – it's not going to look like a suit. Mix-matched makes it a little more um, approachable, less – less formal, less corporate so much, or even a pair of jeans and um, uh, a jacket, a blazer. I think you can, you can um, bring in that professional look and then maybe put a denim jacket over a pair of black, black slacks so that there again, you're professional, but you just want everybody to know that you're approachable. Um, those are really good suggestions. I like all of those. And I think you're right. Well, I think some of us already know this, but when you're out going to other events or even, even look at some TED Talks, uh, just pay attention to what people are wearing. And this next one, I know that it should go unsaid, but... I can't say it enough, and that is to be prepared. What does be prepared mean? That means that if you have a PowerPoint presentation, make sure you know that sucker inside and out. Make sure that if you are thrown off, that you still can do it. Make sure if there's technical difficulty, that you don't need the PowerPoint too many people depend on the PowerPoint to make their presentation. And then when they show up and there's no, um, there's a glitch in the technology, we all know how that happens sometimes, they're lost. Mm-hmm. Or they continually say, oh, um, I, I had that in my presentation. I had that in the PowerPoint. Don't make excuses. Whatever the situation is, you have to roll with it. You have to roll with it with ease, folks. That is the sign of a very well-adjusted and well-prepared speaker is that there is nothing they can throw at you that will throw you off and impact your presentation. Um, Whatever happens, if you let it impact your presentation, then you've lost that opportunity. More than likely, if you're uncomfortable because you don't know your material and you don't have the crutch of using a PowerPoint because of technology issues, the audience will know. You're not going to be able to hide that. So just get real clear on that. Do the work before. Be prepared from top to bottom. So I think those are really good suggestions, and I I do have a a little bit of a question. So when you're in your um, meeting, how important is it to start on time? So you're talking about um, presenting, making a presentation at maybe a business meeting rather than at a business event like where you're on stage. So 
I was in corporate for 30-something years, Vicki, and I have had my share of meetings. And everyone knew the, the managers that never started on time. So you know what? Nobody else showed up on time. Everybody knew that manager would always start 15 minutes late. Guess what time we showed up? Ah, 10 minutes after the hour. So mm-hmm. it is important to start on time, and it is important to have an agenda. And if you can get the agenda out uh, beforehand, that makes it even better. Because, you know, folks, the reason I'm talking about um, conducting an effective business meeting is because, you know what, this is just another way of speaking. This is just another way, uh, another format to present your knowledge. Um, So know that when you're speaking, when we're talking about speaking, that doesn't mean you have to be on a stage in front of an audience of 2,000 people. Speaking can be a business meeting. Speaking can be a meeting of 10 people. You use the same tools. Everything we've talked about over the last several um, radio shows now, they all apply. It doesn't make any difference how large the audience is. Um, One of the things that I like to do in a meeting or in a workshop, if I'm facilitating something, is you know, Vicki, there's always that person that's going to throw out a question that has nothing to do with the topic you're currently on, right? I mean, doesn't that happen to you, Vicki? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's really a power struggle for them to kind of take you into the direction they want to go, but that's not where you want to go. So how yeah, do you deal and, with that? Yeah, well, everybody, I always say everybody wants to be acknowledged, right? That's, you know, that's, right. that's our biggest thing here is we all want to be acknowledged. And so you do that. You acknowledge them. But what I found, the tool that I found really effective is what I call the parking lot. So I'll have a flip chart or a whiteboard off to the side. And I just put at the top of it, this is the parking lot. So what this allows me to do is to say, That is a really good question, Mary. Why don't you write that on the parking lot? And when when we complete this discussion, we'll come back and we will make sure that we've covered everything on the parking lot. So you're saying, hey, that's a great question. And I will answer that. It's just not right now. So why don't you write it down for me? It gets them involved as well um, by asking them, hey, go ahead and write it down. And I'll tell you what, what's interesting, you won't have that many people come up with those off-discussion questions because they're not going to want to get up there and write it down on the parking lot. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a subtle way of managing it, but it also acknowledges them because you don't want to start off with um, having someone upset and they don't listen. That makes so much sense, and I think you're right about the parking lot. I've used that technique as well. Well, what about other kind of business meetings, Linda? Do you have recommendations, say, on networking meetings? How would you – there is an opportunity usually to speak about you and your business at one of those. Do you have any advice that you could share with us about that? Yeah, um, absolutely. In fact, when we talk about first impressions, one of the things that I say is um, you also want to have an attention grabber, and that attention grabber, when you're doing a speech from the front of the from the front of the room, can be a story. You know, maybe it is a joke or something. So when I'm at a networking event, and it's my turn to go around and do my 30-second commercial, um, that marketing moment, whatever you call that, a lot of times I'll ask a question, and it gets people's attention. So I don't even say my name to begin with. 
nobody's going to remember your name anyway. They're going to remember it at the end. So you make sure you say it at the end. I know there are those that say you sandwich your material between saying your name and your company, uh, the start and at the end of it. I don't think that's necessary because it changes the flow just a little bit and it wakes them up. Um, I would say for myself in franchising, I would say, did you know that, that franchising is one of the uh, most successful business models out there? Well, my name is Linda Ballesteros. I'm with Empower Franchise Consulting, and I can show you how we can make sure that we find the right franchise concept for you, um, and you are in business for yourself, not by yourself. So what you end up doing is you just want to grab their attention, Vicki, because in these networking events where the, everybody's going around the table, you know, you all have attended those, we doze off, so to speak. And uh, if you start off with either something funny or a story, you can start off by just saying, I met a client the other day and you tell a little story. We've all got a story that you could tell in 30 seconds or a minute. If you don't, get one. This is still part of being prepared. It's part of being prepared. Always be able to pull a story. You know, Vicki, you're really good at telling stories, and they're effective without you having to go into the details of what you do. Don't you think? I do think so. I, I, somebody told me the other day, Vicki, you've got a story for everything. And you have to gauge how much mm-hmm. or how little you need to share because you lose them if you go into the third chapter of the story and you really only needed the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, because you can you can look over and their eyes will be glazed and they will not have heard one thing you've said. So you have to be careful in how you do that. I also say if you're doing meetings, and folks stay with me here because I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between you know meetings and presentations, but again, they all kind of go hand in hand. You want to keep it short. People can only uh, uh, retain what their butts can withstand. So if you keep them in the chair for too long – they're not going to remember anything. So you have to make sure that when you're presenting, whether it's a meeting, whether it is um, uh, from the stage, you want to make sure that you keep it, in a, keep it set to a specific time and let everybody know what that time is. Um, I do I do think that watching that time is so important because that tells that, um, participant in the meeting that you're honoring their time you are aware of when you said that you would keep them from this time to the ending time and that that is a, sh- a sign of respect for them as well as it shows you shows them that you're you know honoring your word absolutely absolutely I'm going to ask you one question about a strong impression, a strong first impression. Can you, and I know this is, I'm going to hopefully not put you on the spot, but can you tell us when you've listened to a speaker and they impressed you by that strong first impression so that it was memorable? I don't know that I can think specifically, but what I do like is for someone, the minute they hit that stage, for them to start, you know, for the minute they hit that stage, for them to start either giving me information, I like a story. For me, Mm -hmm. a story will grab me at the beginning. So to have a speaker come on the stage and say, Let me tell you what happened when I was 10 years old. And they tell a story. And it sets the tone for everything else. And I will also say, listen to the the inflections of people's voices. When you're, I've suggested that you go on YouTube 
and listen to some YouTuber, uh, YouTube um, TED Talks, you will notice the ones that you enjoy the most, they will have pauses. They will have some time for their speech to breathe, so to speak. There will be different um, inflections of their voice. And sometimes they take it really low and it gets Mm -hmm. your attention. So I like someone who comes out and allows their speech to do acrobatics, so to speak. Let it bounce all over the stage. I don't want to feel worn out at the end. That's why I think those breathing moments are really important. So I don't know if I answered your question, Vicki, but I do like uh, someone that just hits hits the stage running. You know, Linda, as soon as you started talking about that, uh, somebody popped into my head that I had not thought about in a long time. And um, she is one of the TED Talk guests. Her name is Jill Bolte-Taylor. And she is one of those people, she's a brain anatomist from Harvard who had a stroke and was able to communicate both sides of what happened during that stroke because Mm -hmm. of her science and because of her experience. And she was one of those people that left a lasting impression. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen her. I think she was on Oprah. And I remember she had such a compelling mm -hmm. story. Absolutely. It it was dynamic and very compelling. Well, mm-hmm. we've come time, come to the time for a commercial break. So why don't we do that, and then we'll be back to talk about um, charismatic speakers and getting over your fear of public speaking. Those sound like great topics, Vicki. We'll be back in just a minute, folks, after these commercial breaks. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, Linda Biastetos is your host on All Things Franchising where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on all things franchising. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Have you ever been moved by a speaker who touches your heart? What are the unique talents that set them apart from other speakers? Do they have some magic formula for connecting? Do you want to become that kind of speaker? Dr. Vicki High and Linda Biastetos have a winning combination to present speakers that want people coming back for more. Together, they command a room, engage with audiences, and value laughter as a means to educate, inform, and entertain. If you'd like to learn from these two experts, join us 
to become a speaker who leaves the stage with Love That Speaker on everyone's lips. Email us at lovethatspeaker at gmail.com for more details. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, folks, welcome back to Love That Speaker. This is Linda Baez-Stutters, and I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Vicki High. And we've been talking about um, first impressions and also running an effective business meeting. But, um, you know, there's, there's so many things to learn. And I know, Vicki, that you have a lot of information to share with us about being a dynamic person and um, you know, getting rid of that fear of public speaking. We know that that's not always, uh, it, that's not always something that, something that people enjoy doing. And I have to be honest with you, even when I do the radio show, I get butterflies. So just because I have done it for a long time, that doesn't mean that there's not that little bit of um, excitement or a little bit of anxiety there. Because, Vicki, I think that is kind of the rush that gets us out there. What do you think? I agree. I think that those butterflies are the signal that we're in the present moment. We can't be... Um, thinking about the grocery list, did we get everything done? We have to be here and now when we step on that stage or we start to command the attention of the people that have come to our business meeting. Whatever the the, uh, purpose for our meeting is, we have to be able to step into that leadership position and begin that process. Um, I'd like to talk about dynamic people, and another way to say that is charismatic speakers. Um, Every single person that I know has information that's unique to them. You know, the places they visit, the people they meet, the experiences they have, and the stories that they collect along the way to share in the journey. So, you know, Everybody has those four things, but everybody's experience is different in those four areas. So I think of having um, public speaking is, is having a job that you really enjoy and you get paid for it. But that's only half the equation. You also have to compel people to listen and act based on what you have to share with them. And that, I think, sometimes is Um, not as apparent. So in these charismatic speakers that we're talking about, um, they have some common characteristics. So I'll just kind of go through the list. One is they have the ability to connect with their audience. You know these speakers. It's as if when you're in the audience, they're talking directly to you, and you know that you're listening and you don't want to miss a word of what they're saying. You know, absolutely. And Vicki, you're one of those for me because I'm listening to you and I'm listening. It's like, oh, I think I need to respond here. We're on the radio show. I need to respond. I'm usually taking notes while you're talking. Well, I do the same with you. So there you go. But that enables you to create that strong rapport with the people that are there to listen to what you have to say. And um, it also, a charismatic speaker is somebody who maintains a positive outlook. I don't know if you've ever been in a a room where somebody is presenting and you just want to leave because they're a grouchy old bear. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to listen to grouchy people in my life. I've got other things to do. And so I think maintaining that positive outlook, being cheerful, cooperative, problem-solving, That's what we need in our world today, people who make a difference. And so um, another characteristic of that dynamic, charismatic speaker is that they're organized in their speaking points. You know logically what's going to come in order. They're not all over the map. They usually start with a powerful uh, introduction and a convincing close. And in the middle, 
you've gone from point A to B to C to D to Z, and you've got the full picture. You know, Vicki, I think we had talked about this early on, and we talked about how important it was to be clear. Um, If people don't understand and if they can't follow your thought process, the answer is always no. The answer is always no if people are confused. So if, if you're not sure whether you're delivering your information in a way that people can follow it, get some of your friends and practice. Remember I talked about being prepared. Practice. These dynamic people, speakers, Vicki, don't you think they've practiced a few times? You know they have, Linda. They get in front of a room with their friends. Um, I know you and I, I will create a video and then I'll go, you need to look at this before I go put this out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is to get the feedback to see if I have overlooked something, if I've left something out, if I have misspoken about something, because it's really important. We ha- we are bombarded by information, and I, for one, don't want my information to be uh, wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to be accurate when I give it out. Um, though being a dynamic speaker takes a little effort, but it's well worth it in the long run. I, after I looked at the characteristics of the dynamic speaker, I wanted to know, and if I were in an audience of 25 people, I would be asking at this point, who are your heroes and sheroes? Mm-hmm. So who are they? Do you have somebody that you count as a hero or a shero? So, you, you know, Vicki, when I think of a hero or a shero, I think of people who have a compelling story mm-hmm. more so than the information they're delivering. So how important it is it, do you think, uh, to have the story um, to build in and to become a dynamic speaker? I think that that is the first indicator that hooks you, is their story. Who are they? What do they believe in? Um, What do you admire about them? What have you learned from them? And how can you demonstrate the same skills that they are demonstrating in the workplace? I made a list of a few people so y'all can think about these people and ask those same questions. Who are they? What do you admire about them? What have you learned from them? And how could you demonstrate the same skills? So those are the questions to keep in mind. The first one is Jack Canfield. For those of you who don't know or recognize his name, he started out with a company um, when I first became aware of him was called Career Track. They were this innovative little company that were doing professional development uh, tapes that they would send out to people, and he was one that talked about successful communication skills. And then years later, after I really enjoyed his talks, he was one of my favorites among the people they represented, and then he became uh, partnered with Mark Hansen, and he had this book series called The Chicken Soup for the Soul. Chicken soup for a number of different things. And that catapulted him over the top. He's still out there today. He's still sharing his wisdom. But he's one of those charismatic speakers that I think is really dynamic. Well, the next uh, one is, oh, Vicki, back to, to, to Canfield. What I love about his story is that um, there was struggle in that. He didn't, he did not just wake up at 18 years old and decide to do chicken soup for the soul series. And he was wealthy from that point on. If um, folks, if you have a, if you're not familiar with his story, I really suggest that you check it out because he does have um, his road to success had potholes in it, just like ours do. So just because someone's at the front of the stage 
doesn't mean they haven't struggled. And I think that's important for me to know. I think it is too, because most people who are at the pinnacle of their success today struggle to get there, struggle to mm-hmm. clarify what they're about. And that adds to their their uh, charisma and their charm when they get up and relate to people. They can relate to people because they have experienced things, hardships, challenges, um, issues in life that we all struggle with. None of us get there, you know, perfectly without incident. Um, another one that is my one of my favorite speakers these days is Brene Brown. If you don't know her, she is the researcher for shame, and she has unlocked Pandora's box on shame, vulnerability, and a number of other things that we used to not talk about at all, but that kept us from success. And so she began her career, again, challenged. She had her own challenges, and if you read about her story, she has several books out now, and the first one I picked up was Braving the Wilderness. And for me personally, she started talking about the challenges and, and enumerating them, the challenges that I faced over the last 20 years with some of my career choices. And all of a sudden, she's giving statistical validation for the things that I experienced. I was, I, she had me at hello. And so one of the things that I love about her is that she gets in this crowded auditorium. She begins to talk to these people as if she's at her kitchen table having coffee. And she, you know, will ask somebody in the audience to role play with her and she shares her conversations with her husband and she has that gentleman in the office pretend to be her husband and have and say to her what she he thinks that the husband's going to say it's engaging it's endearing and it's enlightening and i just love the way she connects um the other three um Marianne Williamson Greg Braden And the last one that I wrote on my list, and these aren't all of the charismatic speakers, but these are the ones that came to mind when I was preparing. And the last one is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I recently watched the movie uh, On the Basis of Sex, I think is the name of it. And it's that she single-handedly changed our laws on discrimination, not because she defended a woman, but because she defended a man who was being discriminated against because he couldn't take a IRS deduction for being a caregiver because he was not a woman. Mm. Isn't that something? That that and is amazing. Think, yeah, and she was young when she did that as well. She was, and she completely changed the status of every woman in the United States of America and the discrimination laws by the virtue of her zeal. And so regardless of whether you agree with her politically or not, if you are a woman or you have women in your life that you care about, she is one of the reasons that we have equality today. And you know, Vicki, you're talking about you're talking about these dynamic people. Do you think that at any point uh, along the way, do you think that they still have some fear when they get ready to speak? Absolutely. She partnered with her husband in this particular case because he was a tax attorney. And what people didn't realize, the movie brought out some things that I didn't realize, that her um, husband was diagnosed with cancer while he was in law school. So she would go to her law classes and his, take notes, and then have him do the work from her notes to keep him in his law school class and do her law school at the same time. Now, that's an amazing woman. I don't care. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing individual. And so... Um, When they started arguing this, he actually was the first one to present to the Supreme Court because he was the tax attorney and it was a tax issue. 
but he quickly looked at her and in the movie said, you need to be the one to, to present this argument because they were coming after her um, to discredit her. And when she got up there and started talking, you could hear the change in the system. It was almost like the key was turning in the lock and the lock came off of the discrimination laws that were on the books. It was amazing. Really, really cool stuff. So more to, I highly recommend that if people are interested in more of the information, go watch the movie. It's on, um, I think I accessed it on one of the uh, movie channels. So I'm going to leave you with this because you and I talked about this this week, and so I thought I was going to incorporate it. I think one of the things we can do to develop our dynamic, charismatic speaking abilities is to define what your superpower is. And so um, after you and I talked, I cleaned mine up a little bit, but I've got mine to share. Number one is I normalize crazy stuff. I help people recognize their mastery, their own unique gift. And I love doing it. It makes me feel good. And I make the un, the complicated understandable in terms people can grasp easily. So, Vicki, what are some other um, superpowers? When you're talking about superpowers, if somebody is listening, they may not really understand what that is. What are some other superpowers that they may have and don't even realize they have? That's a great question. They may be brilliant strategists. They can look at a situation and go, you know what, our best opportunity to change is going down this pathway and taking this direction. Or maybe they're a great problem solver. Or maybe they're a thinker. They can't, they don't, a new solution will make itself available to them. Um, They may be an excellent communicator or they may do anything. Think about an Olympic swimmer and they're swimming for the gold nothing gets in their way because they are so focused on what they want to achieve or maybe they're an artist or a creator and they make us look at things in a totally different way those are some examples of superpowers of people and you know the best person to know your superpower is yourself, but you have to explore and find what that is for you. Vicki, I'm going to come back to a a question that I had asked you earlier, and that is about fear. So we've talked about um, dynamic speakers up there. What is it about fear that paralyzes some people and how can people get past if someone's listening right now how could they get past that fear to present their information that is a very good question Linda I'm going to go back to very early in my career I was in the field of banking and one of our um, department heads was over training and she decided to implement a contest for public speaking. I entered the contest, and then I started listening to the fear and the voices inside my head. And I'm going to tell you that before the contest had come to a completion, I backed out. I dropped out of the contest. The lady that ended up winning the contest was not an eloquent speaker. She was not necessarily charismatic, and for now 35 years, I have remembered that I quit before I ever got in the game. Mm. I don't make that decision the same way any longer because I hopefully learned from my experience that it doesn't matter if we're afraid. We have to feel the fear and do it anyway. We have to have the courage to grab that brass ring because it's our goal, our destiny. But if we never reach for that that brass ring, we never have the opportunity to see what we could be capable of. 
you know. And I think that there are times in all of our lives where we've stopped before we got started. And um, folks, I have to tell you that if you are new at speaking, it will be uncomfortable. I'm not going to tell it any other way. It will be uncomfortable because it's new, because you're stepping outside your comfort zone. But just like Vicki says, feel it and grab the brass ring anyway. Use it as a motivator. You know, Linda, Linda, some people like to play it safe. You review your life. And you can't recall a single story or moment where you took a risk, you stretched your boundary, you gambled in one, then you're playing too small. Mm-hmm. Right. It's time for us to stretch beyond the comfortable because Bill Gates went to uh, EDS's Ross Perot and said, I've got a great idea. And Ross Perot blew him off. And to his dying day, Ross Perot said, that is the number one mistake I ever made, was not investing in Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So even people that make fabulous decisions most of the time, sometimes they don't take the risk that has the greatest payout for that risk. So this is what I would say. I think that we come to a point where, okay, you might not be ready to speak to a 1,000 people or a stadium of 80,000 day one. But you could talk to two, or you could increase that number to five or to 10 or to 20, then to 50, then to 100. I tried to think of the largest number of people that I've spoken to, and I don't have a head count, but I remember after 2011, I had to address the citizens of my community. Came to a, um, they were in the bleachers, and I was on a podium, and I stood up to speak. But you know what? The focus of that meeting was on the hurting people in New York City and around the country that had suffered such devastating losses. And it was easy to stand up there and speak because I wasn't the focus. I was focused on what was important for them to hear. I was there to calm their fears. I was there to address the issues of safety in our community and what we were doing. And so the focus shifted and changed. So I would think that if you're afraid and you're ready to stand up to a large number of people, focus on what you're there to do your goal, and then make that where you go instead of worrying about the fear. You know, I think somebody's statistics like 99.6% of what you worry about never happens anyway. Mm-hmm. So all that stirring that you do and the worrying and the fear never come to fruition anyway. So, you know, use those small groups to get feedback. Ask them. You know, ask them for specific feedback. Do I do anything that detracts from my message? Can you tell me if I was speaking and enunciating correctly? Can you tell me if I'm doing some weird gestures? I mean, video is great because suddenly you realize I have a problem shaking my head, yes, all the time. I'm in agreement with the person that's talking, but I'm thinking, do I have to look like a bobblehead? You know, so that's something I'm working on. We all have things that we're working on, and they're important for us to make that good impression you were talking about earlier. So, and then just do it. Find places that need speakers. Find organizations where you can uh, be a part of. Networking communities are a great place to get started. Even if it's that 30-second commercial, you have an opportunity to stand up and, you know, tell them, about you, your company, what you're looking for, and get that information in return. 
So, Vicki, maybe so. another topic that we can um, talk about in the future is how to find those speaking opportunities. So maybe that's another topic for a, a future show. Um, but it looks like we're coming down to the wire here. And I know you've got some quotes to leave us with today. And um, I sure want to make sure that our listeners write these down because they're, they're, you know, they're those quotes that you just hang on to it. You just hang on to them. Very good. The first one is Richard Bach. He's an author that I read years ago, but I would still pick up his book and read them today. They're that timeless. He says, overcome fear, behold wonder. So maybe that's your mantra when you get up to speak and you're afraid, that if you overcome fear, you can behold the wonder of having fun at what you do. And then the last one is from the late Robin Williams. He says, no matter what people tell you, words and ideas can change the world. So how will you change the world? That's what we ask at Love. Love it, Vicki. Um, what would you say to wrap up these last, this series of three? What would you say um, that would encourage someone to listen to the whole series? One of the things, Linda, that we have done is take practical advice, add some stories to it, give you points of action to take, and build your values. And I think that, you know, when you, you can listen to those uh, multiple times, get an action plan so that you find out what you need to do and then go do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, folks, if you haven't listened to the the other two of the three-part series, be sure to do that. And uh, as I always say, be sure you have a paper and pen in hand because I know that there are going to be some nuggets that you will take out of this. Vicki, it's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to see what we're going to be talking about next time. Isn't that true, Linda? It is always such a joy. It is such a I love working with you. It's friendship and business all wrapped up together, and I appreciate you more than you know. I think I hit the jackpot with you, Dr. Vicki High. Thanks so much, <laughs> folks, for joining us on Love That Speaker. Thanks for joining us today on Love That Speaker radio show. If you want to be a Love That Speaker expert, Sharing your insights and wisdom with the world, contact us at lovethatspeaker at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hope you love that speaker, and we look forward to seeing you next time when we bring you more dynamic speakers. If you are looking for a dynamic speaker, please contact us at lovethatspeaker at gmail.com.